This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, everyone. I'm Sierra. And I'm Ashley. And this is your Weekly Weekly Dose of Wicked. up all of you wicked hot listeners <laughs> there we go that's a new one <laughs> hope you all are having a fabulous wednesday this beautiful month of december yeah this is our last episode until podcast mess woo, woo, woo. starts next wednesday december 13th and that will be the start of a new episode every day for 12 days so make sure and tune in it's going to be lots of fun. It's going to be a great time. So, yeah. What do we got going on, Ashley? Uh, not a whole lot in my book. I got a lot going on in my life. I'm very busy. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. For anyone that cares, although you always say, oh, shit. I just closed out a tab I needed. That's fine. I texted to myself, oh, you, I like, think. quit recording or something? No, I needed that tab for my case, but it's fine. It was a recording I was going to play for you later, but it's fine. I texted myself. Anyway. Uh, what do I got going on in my life? Um, I went back to work. Yes, yes, you did. Um, in a restaurant as a server, as I used to do before. And let me tell you what, I'm old. <laughs> I'm no spring chicken. Yeah. Having a really hard time adjusting. Yeah, it's hard work. My legs hurt. My feet hurt. My glutes hurt. My back hurts. <laughs> my neck hurts. Everything hurts. My whole body hurts. And um, there's a whole new generation of servers out there. And um, I'm too old for them. Hmm. I'm not nearly as cool as they are. Yeah. Or maybe I'm cooler. <laughs> that's what it is i think that's what it is i think i'm cool yeah and they are awkward yeah you think that's what it some is? weird stuff i don't know i think so <laughs> so anyway got that going on it's been a adjustment for sure yeah um other than that though personal life though we really don't have a lot going on no not really just uh oh we bought our podfest take care our second one yeah we did that we've got our we've got our plane tickets we've got our podfest tickets all we need now is to pay for our hotel and we are golden we didn't hear from a single person in Orlando, so I guess we have any listeners there. Yeah, or maybe they were like, wow, Ashley's a bitch. Don't want to hang out with her. <laughs> probably. It's probably exactly what they're thinking. They're like, we probably want to go to dinner until she, until she accuses us of murder. Well, you never know. That's true. You don't. So anyway, do all the things, guys. Head on over to Facebook, Instagram, X, Tickety Talk, YouTube. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a subscription. Whatever you do, make sure and give us ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcast. If it's available, Apple Podcasts does it, Spotify. Um, and tell your friends about Weekly Dose of Wicked so that we can build our podcast and get a million listeners because that's my goal. A million? I mean, it's not that many. I would like a billion. A billion's kind of pushing it, I oh, think. Okay, maybe a million. I think a million will be fine. Uh, yeah, and if you can't get enough of Weekly Dose of Wicked, where can you get more, Ashley? You can go to patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked. You sure can. There you will find four tiers starting at just $3 a month. And I think we're up to like... 48 items now yeah yeah because not only are we offering our two bonus episodes a month but on top of that you also get ad free episodes 
cool deal. So head on over, check it out. If you like what you see, then join it up. Join it up. So yeah, other than that, do the things. Follow, like, subscribe. I just said that. Oh, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> You're a butthole. Anyway, um, yeah, let's jump in. We got 42 posts. Oh, there we go. So not bad. Not too shabby. Anyway, you ready to jump into this case? Ready. I have, um, as I said, important news, though. Okay. Before tell we me do the that. important news. Angel Bumpus was released from prison. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's awesome. Uh-huh. So the charges against her were dismissed. Quick recap for those of you that don't know. If you don't know, go back and listen to our case on Angel Bumpus. Um, but I'll do a quick recap here for those that did listen but don't want to listen to it again. Uh, in 2019, Angel Bumpus was found guilty of the 2009 murder of Franklin Bonner. She was 13 years old at the time of the murder. Franklin Bonner was bound to a chair in his home with duct tape. And the duct tape on the scene had Angel Bumpus's fingerprints on it. Her grandfather was a handyman for Franklin Bonner and said that the duct tape likely could have come from their home where Angel could have gotten fingerprints on it. Uh, regardless of she was found guilty with that one piece of evidence she filed for an appeal and in september of 2022 a judge granted her a new trial which i did know that remember we were looking it up not long ago yeah but there was no f- outcome as to like what had occurred so um the judge did grant her a new trial she was released from prison before a new trial could even begin though the prosecution moved to dismiss the charges against angel stating that there was no way a 13 year old girl could commit this murder alone which we agreed with right this was also after Angel took and passed multiple multiple polygraph tests, which we know that polygraphs are not admissible. But um, there's something to do with there's a new polygraph that's coming out, and it's actually supposed to be even more accurate than like a standard polygraph. And it actually has a different name, but for the sake of just an update, I just kept it as a polygraph. But it does actually have a different name. So anyway, she passed two of those. That's awesome. So in August of 2023... They officially dismissed her case. That's probably about the last time. I think I checked it on August and I was like, yeah, I'll check it again in a few weeks. And then I honestly completely. Right. Just didn't think about it. And then she was just on my heart the other day and I was like, let me go check on Miss Angel Bumpus and see what's going on. And That's awesome. She is out. Happy for her. And she said she's going to move on. And, you know, she said that she's just grateful to be out and get her daughters back. And right. she's going to go start her life. So I did think that was good news. I wanted to update everyone. Well, thank you for that. All right, so without further ado, I'm going to talk to you about some true crime. I'd like to say I'm going to knock your socks off, but you're probably going to know this case already. I just wanted to talk about it because it pisses me off. Oh, gosh. So I wanted to talk about it. I'm sure you already know it. I'm sure all of you probably already know it because it's a pretty commonly covered case. But I just want to talk about it and how angry it makes me. Okay, then. Ellen Ray Greenberg. Does that ring any bells? No. Okay. Ellen Ray Greenberg was born June 23rd, 1983 to Sandy and Josh Greenberg in New York, New York. Also, that annoys me. Why? Why are we so unoriginal? We're New York, New York. Like, why didn't we come up with a better name for New York City? Stupid. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, Ellen was an only child and she was adored by her parents. The family would later relocate to Pennsylvania, which is good. They left New York, New York. Uh, where Ellen would go to, she would go on to attend Penn State, majoring in communication. She would then receive a master's degree in education from Temple's University. Ellen would then graduate and become an elementary school teacher teaching first grade. Mm -hmm. And it is hard to pronounce. So I wrote it phonetically. Okay. So that I would be able to pronounce it. And now that I'm looking at it, I have no idea how to pronounce it again. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to go with Juniata, but I don't think that's right. That's not how you spelled it, though. It was like J-U-N-I-T-A. But I spelled it in my thing like June-E-E-A-T-A. Okay. Juniata. 
So we're going to go with that. She worked at Juniata Park Academy. I'm sure that's wrong. If it's wrong, let me know kindly. Please don't attack me for mis- mispronouncing the name of that school, but I'm sure that's probably wrong. Um, I was trying to help myself out there by like writing yeah, it how it would be pronounced. But now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, I don't know that that's right. Anyway, she was one of four teachers that started working at the school when it opened. So she was like a founding teacher. Oh, wow. Ellen loved children and she looked forward to having her own. But in the meantime, she really loved teaching. Ellen was described as outgoing and bubbly. She was the kind of person who just loved everybody that she met. Uh, At 24, Ellen met 25-year-old Sam Goldberg, and the two would fall in love and go on to start building a life together. Sam was a TV producer for NBC and a Pennsylvania native. Soon after they began dating, the two moved in together, and then in 2010, Sam proposed to Ellen, and the couple began planning a wedding for August of 2011. All right. Unfortunately, tragedy would strike the young couple on January 26, 2011. It was a snowy Wednesday. Ellen went about her daily routine as she normally would. She went to work and talked to her mom on the drive-in. The school released students uh, shortly after lunch in preparation for a Nor'eastern that was set to hit the area later that day. So Ellen drove home after all of her students had departed the school. She stopped for gas on her way home and arrived back at her house, I'm sorry, at her and Sam's apartment around 1.30 p.m. Sam said they had an uneventful afternoon and that around 5 p.m. he left the apartment to go work out uh, at the apartment complex's on-site gym. When he left Ellen, she was preparing dinner. Sam would return to the apartment around 5.30 to find that he was locked out of the apartment. He had his keys, but the apartment had a swing latch that could only be locked and unlocked from the inside. Sam sent Ellen a string of texts from between 5.32 and 5.54 p.m. The text said, hello, open the door. What are you doing? I'm getting pissed. Hello, you better have an excuse. What the fuck? Ah, you have no idea. He never got any responses to those text messages. Sam asked a security guard to help him break into the apartment, but the security guard refused, stating that it was against policy. Sam would have to break down the door himself, and then he would be liable for any damage that he caused to the door. Sam did try to call Ellen a few times, and he also sent her an email, which also went unanswered. The apartment complex also tried to call Ellen around 6.07 p.m., but that call also went unanswered. Finally, at around 6.30 p.m., Sam was able to break through the swing latch and enter the apartment. There he found 27-year-old Ellen collapsed in the kitchen in a pool of her own blood. At 6.33 p.m., Sam called 911. And at that point, we're going to break for an ad. That's early. Do-do-do-do-do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do, 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 do. I don't know why you feel the need to judge my ad breaks. You judge my ad breaks. I don't, though. I only judge your ad breaks when you don't put them in. That's not true. You judge them all the time. False. Anyway, it was a little early for an ad break, but I felt that it was the best place to put it. Okay. I don't so, care. Thank you anyway, ma'am. So we left off, 6.33 p.m., Sam calls 911. I'm going to play the 911 call for you now. Okay. And then we're going to discuss the 911 call. Okay. Because I'm good like that. You never play me 911 calls. Sorry that I suck. You don't suck. I love you. Either way. All right. Here it is. Right here. 
No, but I, I need, I need a, everything now. I just, I just walked to my apartment. My fiance is on the floor with blood everywhere. What is the address? 4601 Flat Rock Road. Please come, help, 40 now. 4601 Flat Rock Road. Is this a house or apartment? Oh, no. Oh, oh no. It's an apartment. What apartment number? <laughs> Please hurry, please. She's bleeding from. She, I don't know. I can't tell. She's. No. So you have to calm yourself down in order to get you some help. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She. Okay. I don't know. I, I'm looking at her right now. She. I don't. I can't see anything. She doesn't. There's nothing broken. She's bleeding. Ellie. You don't know where she's bleeding from, can't you? Ellie. Blood's coming from. It's. I think her head. I think she hit her head. I think. I think but it's, it's everywhere. Okay, it's everywhere. I think she might have fallen. Do you know yeah. what happened? I, she, she, she may have slipped his blood on the on the table. Her her face is a little purple. Okay, hold on for rescue for her. Stay on the phone. Philadelphia Fire Department 842, what's the address? No, the... Uh, 4601 Flat Rock Road, please hurry. 4601 Flat Rock? Yes. What's wrong? My, my, I just, my, I went downstairs to go work out, I came back up, the door was latched. My fiance's inside, she wasn't, she wasn't answering, so after about a half hour, I decided to break it down. I see her now just on the floor with blood, like she's not, she's not responding. Okay, is she breathing? She, I Look at her chest. I need you to calm down, and I need you to look at her chest. It's really... I don't think she is. I really don't think she is. Listen to me. Someone's on the way. Look at her chest. Is she flat on her back? <laughs> She's on her back. So okay, I bring her... Look at her chest and tell me if it's going up and down, up and down. I don't see her moving. Okay, do you know how to do CPR? I don't. Okay, I can tell you what to do, okay, until they get there. I want you to keep her flat Oh, on her God. Back. Hello? Yeah, hi, okay. Are you willing to do CPR with me over the phone so they can... I, I, I have to, right? Okay, so get her flat on her back, bare her chest, okay? You want to rip her shirt off. Okay, kneel down by her side. Oh, my God. Ellie, please. Listen, listen, you can't freak out, sir, because... Okay, gotta, I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to. Her shirt won't come off, it's a zipper. Rip oh, my off. God, she stabbed herself. Where? She fell on a knife. Oh, no, her knife's sticking out. Her what? There's a knife sticking out of her heart. Oh, she stabbed herself? I, can't, I guess so. I don't know where she fell on it. I don't know. Okay, well, don't touch it. Okay, so, so I'm just about to let her down. Here now? I mean, what do I do? No, I mean, you can't. If the knife is in her chest, it's going to be kind of hard for you to do CPR at this time. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Police with operator. 277. Is All someone right. coming here? Yes, they are. You said 4601 Flat Rock, right? Yes. Okay, someone's on the way, and the knife is still inside? Which, what? The knife is still inside of her? Yes, I didn't take it out. Is it her chest or what area? It's, it's in her heart. chest. It's like, it looks like it's right. It looks like it's right in her heart. Okay, someone's on the way out there, okay? Just get oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. How old is she? She's 27. 27, and there's no sign of life at all? I've been no, trying to her no, arm. no, please don't be. What? I've been trying to her arm and tell me she responds to pain. She's. Ellie! She's not, she's not. Her arm her hands are still warm. I don't know if that means. But there's blood everywhere. I mean. I know, but you can't. And the knife is still inside of her. How far? Can you see how far it went in? It looks pretty deep. Okay. It looks three, and it's a long knife. Don't touch anything. Yeah, don't touch anything, okay? I'm not touching anything. This is, I can't believe this, though. No, wait, it was just you there with her? 
We, yeah, we're the only ones here. And she ran in the door, you said, latched it shut? No, no, I, I, I went downstairs to work out, and I, when I came back up, the door was latched. Oh. Like, it was, you know, it wasn't like, it was, you know, it was like locked from the inside, and I'm yelling, and I saw it was from, well, you know, was yelling. Was your house into? No, 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 no. So there's no sign of a break-in? No, no sign of a break-in at all. I mean, there will be when you get here, because I had to break the latch, but to get in. Okay, 4601 Flat Rock, and this is a house, right? It's an apartment. Flat Rock apartment. Okay, that'll help. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right, thank okay. you. Mm -hmm. Bye. What are your initial reactions to that 911 call? What do you think? Um, I thought that lady was rude. You thought she was rude? Yeah. Why? You need to calm down. I mean, you can't really calm down in those situations. He did, though. Every time she wanted to calm down, he calmed down with no problem. Yeah, a little. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I sounded like a man in shock. Okay. You disagree? I do not agree at all. He asked if he had to do CPR, which to me is a huge red flag. She was like, can you do CPR? And he was like, I mean, I have to, right? Like, it was an inconvenience to him. That to me is a red flag. And also, when she said, don't take the knife out, he laughed. Did I you mean, hear that? no, I didn't hear he that. He 100% like, laughed. She was like, did you take the knife out? And he's like, no, I didn't take the knife out. Like, laughing in the situation. And I feel like the way that he could, like, I don't know, to me... I don't think that was a very fabricated 911 call. He immediately went to, oh, she stabbed herself. If I walked into my home and found somebody bleeding on the floor, I would not immediately think, oh, my God, they stabbed themselves. I would be well, like, oh, my God. it latched from the inside. It doesn't matter. They're in an apartment. They have a balcony. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. To me, I don't. I think that 911 call was a little uh, dramatized. And, like, I don't know. It didn't sit right with me. And he's like, oh, she stabbed herself. Oh, yeah, there's a knife sticking out of her heart. Like, it was this, like, huge revelation to him. But, like. See, I just, I didn't hear that tone of voice. That's not the tone I, I feel heard. like it was so nonchalant, the way that he said it. Like, I feel like if I would have ripped her coat off and then there's a knife in her heart, I'd be like, oh, my God, there's a knife in her heart. But he was like, oh, she stabbed herself. There's a knife in her heart. Like, it was no big deal. I don't know. That's how I took it. See, I just, my issue with 911 calls is that, like, everybody wants to judge them, but, like, you don't know. You're right. You don't know. If someone was like, Ashley, you got to do CPR, I'd be like, do I have to? I don't think that I would say that at all. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I really hate doing CPR, which is not good because I'm in the medical field, but I'm just saying. Mm -hmm, I don't know. So these were my initial, like, this is what If someone I else could do it, I would let them. Okay, well, he was the only one there, so he was the only one that could do it. Right. But I just feel like if you, the love of your life, your fiancé is dead on the ground, I don't feel like your reaction is going to be like, I mean, I have to do the CPR, right? Right. And I don't know. I just feel like it was very, to me, I don't know. I said, to me, it sounds very phony at first. He's really frantic, and then when they tell him to calm down, he's just able to calm down, like it's no big deal. And then to me, he's like too casual at that point. Like, they're like, calm down. He's like, okay, yeah, I'll calm down, no problem. Oh, she has a knife in her heart. Oh, <laughs> like, it's just no big deal. Oh, yeah. she must have fallen on the knife. Oh, like, I thought the whole time he sounded a little frantic. I don't know. Um, I think also the fact that, like I said, he jumps to, oh, she stabbed herself or that she fell on the knife to me is crazy. Because even what you're saying is like, oh, it was last from the inside. I don't feel like he would have been thinking straight to even think that, though. Right. If he got into his apartment and found his fiance stabbed on the ground. Right, she has been stabbed. Right, like she's been stabbed. Oh, my God, somebody stabbed her. Even if he can't, like, even later be like, oh, maybe she, you know, like, later be like, oh, maybe she did stab herself because, like, it was locked from the inside. But in the moment, I think it's crazy that he immediately jumped, like, oh, she stabbed herself. Right. 
Or she fell on a knife. Or she fell on a knife. I don't know how she would have fallen on a knife. Well, she was also sitting up with it in her heart, leaning against a cabinet. So she didn't fall oh, on a knife. I didn't hear that part. I didn't tell you that part yet, okay. but I'm just adding that in there now. So those are the issues I have with Sam's behavior. Or, or these are the issues I have. Like the 911 call first to me sounds super funny. Also, it took him almost an hour to break into that apartment. Yeah. To me, it's And he told them crazy. 30 minutes. He told them 30 minutes. But based on the timelines that I found, it was 5.30 to 6.30. Right. Which is an hour. If I... Actually, I was going to say if. Okay, well, there was one time. I don't know if you recall. When Jake and I first moved in together, that he wouldn't open the door. I remember. And I accidentally broke a window. Oh, I don't trying remember to get in. window. Yeah, no. it was like a double window, and I broke one of the panes, like trying to get in. He did eventually open the door. But, like, I wouldn't have waited an hour. Right. And at that point, I knew he was okay. He was probably just sleeping. But if I were to come home, and I'm locked out of my house from the inside, and I know that, like, my husband or my children are inside of that house... I'm not waiting an hour to get into that house. Right. Like, to me, that is crazy. Right. And he waited an hour. Unless I mean, something happened before he left. Maybe they got into a fight. And so he's like, oh, she locked me out because she's mad at me. Right. My first thing would be like, oh, call the apartment complex. They won't let me in. Okay, let me call the fire department. They can knock the door down. Mm-hmm. I would not have tried to knock it down myself, and I wouldn't have waited an hour. Oh, I would have knocked it down myself 100%. I wouldn't have even called the fire department. I 100% would have knocked knocked down that door myself. Okay, but could you have? Uh, yeah. Mm, I don't know about that. I think I could definitely kick the door in. It's a freaking latch. Okay. It's not like it was deadbolted. Like dead no, yeah, it was yeah, a swing yeah. latch. Okay. It's two screws, maybe three. Yeah, that's true. No, I would open the door up to the swing latch and I would kick the door in. Yeah. Um, I was thinking the whole door was locked, uh-uh. but yeah, you're right. No, he had keys to the deadbolt. He had keys to the knob. It was just a swing latch. So yeah, he could have 100% gotten in. And also, swing latches are really easy to replace, like super cheap. So I wouldn't have really been concerned about the damage to the door. I mean, if he damaged the trim, that would have been a bigger deal, which it probably did. But what year was this? 2011. He probably could have looked up a YouTube video. Yeah. Because you can break into that shit mm-hmm. without any damage. 100%. That's what I would have done. Okay. Well, that's the issue I have. The hour long. 911 call, I think, was very dramatized to me. The taking an hour to break into me really sets me off um also i said here if i found anyone in a pool of blood with a knife in their chest i would not assume that they have done that to themselves no i like don't think i so. don't care what whether you were locked out of the apartment or not my first train of thought would not be like oh my god they stabbed themselves because also how many people kill themselves by stabbing themselves i believe not many one percent of all suicides yeah i wouldn't imagine many one percent that takes so, a lot of like oh a lot of force Mm-hmm. And you got to inflict a lot of that on yourself. Like, you have to inflict it on yourself. That's mm-hmm. a lot of pain to inflict on yourself. Yes. Pulling a trigger, easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I probably couldn't do it. But yes, stabbing a knife into your heart, that's a lot of strength and a lot mm-hmm. of force. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now a little bit of devil's advocate here. Because I don't want to completely just, like, turn against Sam this early on. But if Sam did, in fact, come home to the latch on the door, I could see why he would not assume that someone broke in and hurt Alan. Because from my understanding, also, they lived on the sixth floor okay so the only way into the apartment would be through that door which is gonna be latched from the inside unless depending on how the balconies are right because somebody could have come from the other balcony so i mean i can see why i guess if he was coherent enough to realize that but i just feel like in that moment i wouldn't have been coherent enough to realize that like oh no i guess nobody got into this apartment i think my initial thought would be like somebody came in here and stabbed my fiance right so now when i was 18 my friend Haley and i once got locked out of her apartment by her cats <laughs> okay and she had a swing latch so she lived in this little tiny one bedroom apartment it had one entry like one door 
Right, didn't even have a balcony, right? Didn't even have a balcony. Nope, one bedroom. Literally, it was like 400 square feet or 500 square feet. Yeah. Tiny little apartment. All I have was a front door and two windows. So the bedroom had a window, living room had a window, door in the middle. That was it. So we went outside of her apartment, out to the little walk area, the wooden desk, you know, like the wooden desk area, not desk, the wooden deck area. Mm-hmm. And when we went to go open the door back up, we were locked out with the swing latch. So she had like a six cube organizer next to the door and one of her cats had like gotten up there and hit it. Right. And locked us out. So I don't know why I wasn't that sorry because I like wrote it all out, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, however, that night we discovered that you can actually close and open a swing latch using a screwdriver from the outside. Like we just cracked through a little tiny bit, used a screwdriver and we were able to open the swing latch with no problem. Um, very easily could shut it as well. That's what I'm saying. Like Google that. Yeah. So... I'm not saying that Ellen and Sam's apartment would have been the exact same, but at 18 years old, we did it. So I think it's definitely a possibility that he could have latched it himself from the outside or unlatched it from the outside. Okay. I didn't think about the fact that he could have latched it himself. Um, Also. I've also never had a swing latch, so. There's no one that can confirm that that swing latch was actually locked because Sam is the only person to witness this. Right. So. Police arrive on the scene around 6.40 p.m. and Ellen is pronounced dead. Ellen had been stabbed 20 times. Oh my gosh. No way she did that to herself. 10 of these stabs were to the back of her head and neck. Mm. I have heard this case. I know you have. <laughs> I'm just surprised you didn't know immediately by her name. No. I'm really bad with names. I know you are. I shouldn't be, but I am. I'm horrible with names. I know you are. So at the scene, police note that there uh, was cut up fruit on the counter for the dinner that Ellen was preparing. Uh, the knife was lodged, the knife still lodged in Ellen's chest was a Cutco steak knife. So at first, this made me nauseous because mom has Cutco knives. Yeah. And the knives that she have, are, they're rounded. Yeah. And so I was just imagining like somebody killing this poor woman with a rounded steak knife and like how even more painful that would be and like how much more horrible that would be. Yeah. But I was actually able to find photos of the crime scene and the Cutco knife Ellen was stabbed with did have a pointed end. So, um, I guess there's a, a table steak knife and then like the other steak knife. So the one that she was actually stabbed with was the pointed end, not the round ones. The ones mom had with the table knives, not the same. Okay. Well, good. So that did give me a little bit of relief. Um, the details. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking like. Important facts. I was just thinking how much force it would have had taken to be stabbed 20 times with a rounded serrated knife. Yeah. <sighs> Those knives can cut leather though. I know they can. So. I'm aware. I saw the demonstration. <laughs> the scissors can also cut through a penny. Yes. So on the counter, Ellen's laptop is open to wedding planning sites. Um, there's no sign of forced entry, like I said. The patio shows no sign of anyone entering or exiting, as there was a fresh layer of snow on the patio. And oh. like I said, it was also the, the sixth floor. So Right. It wouldn't have been very to likely. To my anyways. understanding. Yeah. It wouldn't have been very likely. I feel like if someone was going to get in, it would have had to have been like from another apartment if the balconies were close enough. Right. I don't know that someone was going to like shimmy up an apartment building to the sixth floor. Shimmy up a drain pipe. I don't know. Yeah. I guess it's possible. There are no defensive wounds. There's also no hesitation wounds. Do you know what hesitation wounds are? I mean, what they sound like, right? Yes. Uh, hesitation wounds would, wounds would insinuate that Ellen did, in fact, do this to herself. So it would be like shallow lacerations. Right. Showing that she would attempt to stab herself, but the pain, she would hesitate and it would be like, you know. A shallow stab wound or, or a shallow cut. Um, according to the initial autopsy, there were none of those. Okay. There was evidence that Ellen's body was moved 
my understanding is based off of the blood splatter. Ellen was stabbed laying down, and then her body was sat up and leaned against the cabinet door. Uh, on January 27, 2011, a medical examiner ruled Ellen's death a homicide, but he later would change his ruling to suicide, which he claimed was due to the insistence of the local police. Okay. So prior to this tragic day, Ellen did complain to her parents about issues with anxiety. She was struggling with changes being made by her school district as well as some difficult students. She asked her parents if she could come home and just kind of have a reset before figuring out where she wanted to go from there. Her parents encouraged Ellen to see a psychiatrist and just to stick it out through the rest of the school year. So, I mean, this is January, February, March, April, May, June, July. I mean, she's still got quite a ways to go. Right, that's a long, yeah. It'd be different, I guess, if it was like May and they're like, just stick it out. But, I mean, she's still got quite a bit of time to get through the year. Six months, I mean, mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what they told her to do to try and stick it out through the year and to see a psychiatrist. So Ellen began seeing uh, a psychiatrist named Dr. Berman. Uh, sh- Dr. Berman prescribed Ellen with Ambien to help her sleep and Klonopin for her anxiety. Okay. Dr. Berman assured Ellen's parents that while Ellen was struggling with anxiety, she was not showing any signs of depression. Ellen's mother, Sandy, remained very active in her daughter's daily life and kept up with her progress with her psychiatrist. Um, I would like to note, though, that uh, clonopin's number one side effect is suicidal thoughts. Right. And idealizations. Like, that's literally listed number one side effect of clonopin. Most mental illness drugs are. Yes, I would agree. Depression, I mean, all of those, that's usually their one one of their top side effects. I would agree. Um, I will say I recently started a new antidepressant, and that is on there as a side effect, but it's not the top. But this literally is like the very first side effect is suicidal thoughts and idealization, which to me is obviously it's like a double-edged sword. Right. Because it's like you want to feel better, but then at the same time it can make you feel worse. Um, But she'd only been on these medications for about one to one and a half weeks. So not long. Uh, So when I first read that, I was like, oh, I mean, it takes 90 days or not 90 days. I'm sorry. It takes like four to six weeks for the medication to get into your system to like work properly so i was like i mean are we gonna blame the medication but then i had to humble myself because when they upped my doses of my antidepressant that one time it was a matter of days right i started having issues so if her doses were wrong very likely could have caused some issues ellen's best friend allison recalls that ellen was acting differently in the weeks leading up to her death the two girls have been best friends since elementary school and had went to penn state together They'd gotten engaged around the same time. They were planning to be bridesmaids in each other's weddings. And they'd even went dress shopping together just days before Ellen's death. But Allison recalls that Ellen was acting differently. Most notably, Ellen, who was always very well put together, was a disheveled mess. Her hair wasn't done. She wasn't wearing makeup. And this just wasn't normal for Ellen. Uh, At one point, Ellen even broke down in tears and said she just didn't feel like herself. And she, like, apologized for having an off day, which is sad that she felt that way. Um... But that wasn't who she was. Like, she was always very well put together. Never right. left the house. Like, if I left the house like that, nobody would think twice about it. Right. I'm pretty much always a disheveled mess. <laughs> but Ellen was not like that. She always had her hair done. She always had her makeup on. Like, she was always dressed, you know, in a cute outfit. She was very much, you know, just put together. Right. Even with this odd behavior, no one else in Ellen's life felt like she was suicidal. Uh, even her psychiatrist, like, said she wasn't suicidal. Okay. So, she'd been making future plans. She had an appointment coming up with her psychiatrist in like two days. Uh, she had mailed out her save the dates for her upcoming wedding literally days before this. Those are not signs of someone planning to commit a suicide. Exactly. Uh, also, she was in the middle of cooking dinner. 
Right. Doesn't make sense. Why would you cook dinner? Why would you be cutting up fruit if you're going to kill yourself? Right. Doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It just didn't make sense. Like I said, to Ellen's family or friends that she would hurt herself either. So during the initial investigation, police did find multiple searches on Ellen's laptop, such as painless suicide, quick suicides, euthanasia. So while this could have been Ellen, it also could have been someone else. Not necessary that she searched those things. Right. She did have someone living with her. Mm-hmm. Um, Ellen's family has obviously been fighting for justice since 2011. Dr. Wayne Ross is a specialist in forensic neuropathology. He would later re-examine Ellen's death. He found evidence of strangulation that was earlier missed during the initial autopsy. There's also evidence of defensive wounds on Ellen's wrists and hands that they said were not there initially. The knife Ellen stabbed herself with was also found in her right hand, and Ellen was left-handed. So not only are they saying that she stabbed herself in the heart, which would take an insane amount of force, also that would have been the stabbing that kid like that would have been the death shot she would have been stabbed 19 times before that so they're saying that she was strong enough after stabbing herself 19 times to stab herself in the chest with her non-dominant hand right no so the other day i went to go pick up some cups at work with my non-dominant hand Mm -hmm. like you know how i carry my cups yes so my right hand actually is my dominant hand but typically my right hand i carry them in my palm and then with my left hand i can like use my fingers to maneuver so i attempted to do that with my this you know with my right hand shakiest thing i mean it was insane i was going to drop those cups everywhere um and that was my dominant hand it was just something i wasn't used to doing so i can't imagine that she was strong enough in her left hand to stab herself in the chest right and i think they said the knife was in like four inches or something and the blade was five inches so it's almost all the way in i don't know uh there's also evidence that a second knife was used which was never recovered so there's like the blade or the stab wounds from the knife that was found inside of her there but there's evidence of another larger knife being used that is not ever been recovered in any way shape or form so okay i thought maybe it was found in the freezer no must have been a different case maybe i don't think it was found in the freezer i didn't read that anywhere maybe i'm getting that confused with a different case but i thought it was this one i don't think so but now i feel like i need to look it up because now you have me concerned well i thought that it was i'm sorry didn't mean to just uh concern you no i'm not finding any of that okay must be a different case i'm sorry it's okay, but you scared me. I do recall that being in a case, though, too. <coughs> yeah, that they found the knife in the freezer. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was a case we already covered. Well, maybe. But yes, possible. I do recall that as well, a knife we found in the freezer. But no, the other knife for Ellen's case was never found. Okay. Um, Ellen also had over a dozen bruises on her body, all in various stages of healing, which indicated that they were from different days and not likely from her death. It was also determined by later specialists that multiple stab wounds were inflicted post-mortem, including the wound to her spine. Oh. Because they did not hemorrhage, which would mean that they were inflicted after she was already dead. Right. They also said that the stab wounds to her head and spine, if not, post- if not post-mortem, would have caused excruciating pain, and it would not have been possible for her to then drive the knife into her own chest because she would have been in so much pain. Right. Not to mention, let's just role play here for a second. They're not going to be able to see this, but... So... She would have had to have been stabbing herself. I just don't even see this possible. I can't even get my arm back that far. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? Like, I just don't see. I know you guys can't see this, but just take a pen or something and just act like you're stabbing yourself in the back of the head. I mean, like, I, mean, I can stab myself. You don't have a pen. Put something in your hand. You've got, I mean, this pen is only four inches long. You've got to have enough clearance for the blade is that long plus the handle. Enough clearance for what? For the rest of the knife. I'm stabbing myself in the neck right now. It's not long enough. You gotta go back farther. 
Do it in the top of your head. One of them was here. With force. You've got to, I mean, you're not doing it. Like, you're doing, Ashley's literally, like, stabbing herself, like, okay, I, like, little I, tiny I jabs. Definitely... You're going to have to ex- hyperextend your arm to get that to work. Like, I don't even think, you hear my body crackling? You're out of shape. Thank you. So are you, fatty. <laughs> just saying no i don't think it was possible that she stabbed herself in the back of the head but i do think you could reach it i'm just telling you i can't even reach it so okay. i don't know also it made my arm hurt just pretending to stab myself six times okay in the back of the head <laughs> i just to me it's absolutely asinine it's absolutely asinine to think anyone's gonna kill themselves by stabbing themselves in the back of the head uh, i agree 100 i'm not disagreeing with that i just think it's so silly like that's just such a silly thing yeah i don't understand how we're even like questioning it uh, yeah, I don't know. That's not the word I was going to use, but yes. Entertaining? Yes, entertaining that idea. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, so another interesting fact is the security guard that Sam asked to help him break into the apartment. So something said he was like a doorman. Some people say it was security. What I am picturing is, I mean, it was a six floor apartment. So I'm picturing like a big, like tall building. I wouldn't imagine the six floors at the top. Maybe it was though. So I'm assuming that like doorman security guard's the same thing. Like he's probably right. a guy that sits at the door with like security cameras and watches the building. Right. So I don't think it really matters. But anyway, this man that Sam asked to help him break into the apartment said that Sam was wearing Timberlands when he came to ask him for help, which also is a red flag. Right, because he was supposed to be working. He's supposed to be working out, and he was wearing Timberland work boots. That's not, not workout shoes. No, that's not something you wear to work out. So just a, just a little fun fact there. Uh, an investigator on Alan's case said that the swing latch on the door did not show damage consistent with being broken through, but rather seemed like it had just been loosened with a screwdriver. Which is another thing too, because if he had kicked it in, you would assume it would have broken. It would have broken either piece, and neither piece was broken. Or it would have broken like the molding, right? Of the, or door. the trim of the door, right? Whatever it's called. Yes, but ne- n- neither of those pieces were damaged. Uh, on the night of Alan's death, Sam called his cousin, his uncle, and his parents before even notifying Alan's parents. He actually had his dad call Alan's parents and even do it himself. Uh, They learned of Ellen's death from Sam's father, not police or Sam. The uncle that Sam called was Judge James C. Schwartzman, who is a very prominent judge in Pennsylvania. He sits on multiple boards, like he's still a very prominent judge in Pennsylvania, from my understanding. Um, This cousin that Sam called was James' son. And Sam's uncle James arrived on the scene even before the police arrived. Hmm. Interesting. Insinuating that Sam called him first. Right. Uh, I actually read that he arrived on the scene one minute after the 911 call ended. Oh. So he 100% would have had to call him first for that to occur. Yes. When Ellen's cause of death was changed from homicide to suicide, Sandy and Josh Greenberg weren't even notified of that. Pretty crappy in my opinion. Yes. Uh, A thorough sweep of the apartment was not even done until the following day after the entire apartment had already been cleaned. Ellen's cell phone and laptop were not taken for evidence for several days. Uh, the entire case was grossly mishandled. Sounds like it. In my opinion. And that leads us to where we are today. In August of 2022, after 11 years of fighting for Ellen, her case was finally reopened by the district attorney's office. And that's where we sit today. Still an open case. Um, as far as I know, her cause of death is still listed as suicide and they're working on changing it to a homicide so that they can have an active investigation. But. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't understand. That's really it. That's where we're at. Why was ever moved, changed to a suicide. It never should have been. But the medical examiner said it was due to the police, a, a, like, pressuring him to change it. Right. Why were the police pressuring him to change it? That prominent. Maybe their pockets was. were lined or they had something being held over them. I don't know. That's yeah. just my opinion, obviously. But 
Right. Hmm. Pretty crazy. Yeah, that is a crazy case. I have heard that many of times. Yes. So Sam did go on to get married to someone else. He has two children. He, according to his LinkedIn, um, works for like doing PGA tours for golf. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know though, what, what do you, I mean, what do you think? I mean. Do you think that he, do you think that Ellen killed herself? Do you think she could have killed herself? Do you think it's possible that she killed herself? I mean, I'm not an expert. Right. So I can't 100% say, no, it's not possible. But in my opinion of no knowledge, it doesn't sound possible to me. No, it doesn't sound possible to me either. In my, in my heart of hearts, it does not seem possible to me that she could have killed herself. No. I mean, like, I just think stabbing yourself 22 times, like, that is crazy. Well, it was 20, not 22. But oh, yes, whatever. I think stabbing yourself more than once is crazy. I feel like after stabbing yourself that initial time, the pain. Right. Now, there was somebody, I'm going to say initially, that said when she stabbed herself in the spine, it caused her to go numb. And that's why she was able to stab herself so many times. And that's the thing, too, is there's so much contradiction. Because you have one professional saying when she stabbed herself in the spine, it made her go numb. And that's why she was able to stab herself so many times. Then you have this other professional who's saying that stab wound to her spine was postmortem. Right. So... I mean, the the going numb makes sense. It does make but sense. I just don't know why she would stab herself 20 times. That's right. crazy. I agree. But it also doesn't make sense to me that she killed herself and her body was moved. Yeah, that is true. Because evidence shows that she was stabbed laying down. And also, the evidence shows, which I didn't include in here, um, there was like spray the way that the blood sprayed was as if she was being stabbed from above, like somebody standing over her. Right. It was like a downward spray, um, which means somebody else inflicted that on her. And then also, I don't remember what I was going to say now. I got to think for a second. I don't remember. Oh, that's overkill. Like 20 stab wounds is overkill. Yeah. Insane amounts of overkill. Mm-hmm. And then also, she had o- over a dozen bruises on her body. Right. So then that leads you to, like, where did those bruises come from? Well, they said that they weren't all from that day, so... They weren't from that day. That's what I'm saying. They were from different days. Right. Like, over the course of time. So, was she being abused by someone? Was someone abusing her, and that's why she had bruises all over her body? Right. But then, playing devil's advocate, I have bruises all over my body, too, because I'm clumsy. Right. Yeah, same. So, I mean, I have a bruise on my arm right now that's, like, the size of a bagel. From what? I have no idea. You should probably get that checked out. Why? I don't know. Easily is a sign of cancer. Thank you. Just saying. I mean, I always bruise. Okay. But all I'm saying is, though, like, okay, so she stabbed herself 20 times. Like, that just is unfathomable to me. Because I cannot inflict pain on myself. Mm -hmm. Maybe if I could, I would see it differently. But, like, I physically cannot. Stop (laughs) judging me. I physically cannot inflict pain on myself. I can't even check my own blood sugar with a tiny little baby needle. Yeah, we just talked about this in an episode. When was it? I don't know, a few weeks ago. It was a few weeks ago. But, like, how could you stab yourself with a whole-ass knife? But then there are people... 20 times. Who, I mean, do inflict pain on themselves. Right, but 20 times. That's what I'm saying. I could see one. Yeah. I mean, I could see one. I could see... Or maybe a couple. I mean, but 20 is just insane to me. Mm-hmm. I could see. Like I said, I've been on, if if we want to go down the route, like they're saying, oh, well, she was on those medications and it caused suicidal thoughts. I could see it. I yeah. could. Like when I was on that medication and I started to have issues with it, 
it was really quick and it was really scary. So I could see that being an issue. I just can't imagine ever getting to a point where I would stab myself 20 times. Like I could see an intrusive thought of like, hmm. Yeah. Once. Not 20. Cutting up fruit, stab myself in the stomach. Yes. 20 times. That's crazy to me. Right. And that's the thing too. And like this was a direct hit to her. Like it was her heart. Right. I mean, no. And 10 in the back of her head. Like that to me is crazy. Yeah. But unfortunately, the only people that were there, we don't know. I mean, it was Sam and it was Ellen and Ellen's gone. Right. Or maybe someone else was there. I mean, you don't know. Somebody else could have been there. Right. They could have learned your screwdriver trick. Mm-hmm. And watched the door from the outside when they left. Mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, the whole case is very crazy, though. It's been on my mm-hmm. list to do for a long time, even though I know it's really heavily covered. So, like, I know lots of people do it, but... Yeah, it's crazy. I just... It's just... It's one that sits with me. Like, it's a name that I think of often. Yeah. Like, when I was saying down to a case, I was like, what am I doing? I was like, Ellen Greenberg. That's what I'm going to do. I don't know. To me, it's just crazy. And the fact that, like... Just the fact that they ever ruled it a suicide to me is crazy. I don't know. Right. And it doesn't seem like there was also like a lot of investigating done in the homicide Mm -hmm. area. No. Like that is a little It doesn't seem like there was any investigating done in the homicide area. But then also we just had that conversation last week about like coroners versus medical examiners. And to me this is crazy because a medical examiner did this. It wasn't a coroner. It was a medical examiner. Right. As a medical examiner, how do you, with a doctorate degree, in my opinion rule out of suicide no i don't get that either not at all crazy crazy unless it was pressure one. unless it was pressure from the police department but then again why why would the police pressure him to close the case as a suicide i don't know because this world is corrupt i don't know so anyway let us know what you guys think of that uh crazy ellen greenberg i'm sure like i said you've already heard it but that's our take yep i don't know you think sam did it though i don't know off the record i mean i mean it would make sense that he did it yes but i mean i don't think that there's enough evidence to say that he did it 100 percent whether someone else could have broken i don't think she killed herself i don't think she killed herself i don't know that i think sam did it either but i don't know that i think he did it he makes sense but he does make the most sense but i also saw a thing that was like there was no way that sam could have done it because of the timeline there was not enough time but hear me out here so they're saying like timeline. So her last cell phone use was at like 3.46 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then she used her computer at like 4.48 p.m. And then he left at 5. So there's like, they're like, there's no way that he could have. And like there's surveillance footage of him from 5 to 5.30, like going to the gym. And then from 5.30 to 6.30, like going back upstairs and like coming back down, like talking to the security guard. So like that hour and a half is accounted for. Mm-hmm. So in order for him to have killed her, he would have had to have done it before he left. And people are like, there's no way he could have done it because... She used her computer, blah, 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 blah. He could have, he used, could have her. used her computer. Yeah. He could have killed her at 1.30 in the afternoon when she got home. Right. Like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. There's no... I couldn't find anything with, like, a time of death for her. Right. I mean, he said her hands were still warm, so, I mean, I guess possibly, but... I don't know. Like, multiple people were like, there's no way that he could have done it, and, like, there was no traces, like, there was no bloody clothing, or da-da-da-da, which, I mean, yeah, I can get behind that. There was no bloody clothing in the apartment. He would have been bloody. Right. So no way around that. Unless he was nude. Maybe he was just fully in the buff. I guess that's a possibility. <laughs> and he took a shower. Or like, did he have a gym bag? <sighs> Maybe he took the clothes with him. 
Yeah, maybe, but there's surveillance. Inside the gym? Yeah. Okay. Did it show him actually working out in his Timberlands? Oh, I don't know that there was, I don't know that there was surveillance inside the gym, I guess I should say, but there was surveillance in the hallway to the gym. For sure. Like, he's on surveillance. the gym? Maybe his bloody clothes were in the gym? I don't know. In the trash can? I don't know. I don't know. I can't say without a shadow of a doubt that I think Sam did it, but I do not think Helen killed herself. No. I don't think she killed herself, but I don't know that I think Sam did it. I mean, yeah. I don't think there's enough evidence there. So there is a petition on change.org uh, petitioning to change her cause of death from suicide to homicide. So I'm going to put that in the show notes if you guys all want to go sign it. I will. I already did. I'm sure I've probably signed it before, but I'll sign I'm it sure again. I'm sure I've signed it before too, but also i signed it again so but anyway guys all right well thank you for tuning in this week um and we'll catch you next week when we start our podcast mess bye bye hey everyone if you like what you heard and you want to support a small podcast please give us money at www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked where you can join one of our four amazing tiers Starting at just a measly $3 a month, that's literally 10 cents a day, you can join the Slightly Wicked. After that, we've got the Moderately Wicked for just $5 a month, followed by the Awesomely Wicked for $7 a month. And for those high rollers, big ballers, we have the Extraordinarily Wicked. So head on over, check it out. If you like what you see, join it up. If subscriptions aren't your jam, head on over to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash W-D-O-W where you can give us a one-time donation to buy us a coffee or, you know, like podcasting equipment, which would probably be a better use of our money. Feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked or you can just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones. Or you can give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash weekly dose of wicked. Or, you know what, you could just do both, because that would be better for us. For a direct feed of our podcast, please go to www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com. Great news, guys. We've made it big time, and you can now listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep, yep. Even Pandora. They finally let us in. Make sure to come back next Wednesday for your Weekly Weekly Dose of Wicked. Wicked. Ba-dum-psh.